We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Going to fly solo tonight, Chris Biederman out on assignment. So we are going to talk about the 49ers 22-16 win over the Chargers. And the plan is this will drop Monday morning. Chris and I will then get together and do our normal weekly pods and we'll get his thoughts on the game after a after a second watch. And this is a re- initial reactions. So let's get into it. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Okay, so I think there was a largely negative reaction to the 49ers 22-16 win over the Chargers on Sunday Night Football, and I get why. It was a kind of weird game, kind of a frustrating game, especially after an entire bye week where I think the expectation was the Niners were going to come out and kind of come out on fire and maybe really handle a Chargers team that, that was pretty beat up and kind of a shell of the team that we thought they would be when when the season started. So I don't want to harp on the bad stuff from the jump. So we're going to start with the good stuff because there was plenty of good to come out of to come out of this game. The first thing is that they won. Like above all, <laughs> would a dominant 49ers victory have been preferred when looking at their long-term projection or outlook or or whatever? Sure. You would love to go, I mean, every team would love to win every game 40 to nothing, but that's just not reality in the NFL. Weird things happen all the time. Good teams lose to bad teams all the time. I mean, we we, <laughs> we see it every single week. So I think to expect a dominant victory and to say that, you know, it's not like they that you can equate it to a loss because they didn't win by three touchdowns. They won. They needed to win. The the Seahawks losing Sunday morning opened the door for the 49ers to pull a half game, two within a half game of them. 
the Cardinals and, and Rams are both reeling. It seems like this is a two-team race in the NFC West. And if the Niners were going to keep up, they had to take care of business and at least pull out a victory against the Chargers, and they did that. So that's that's good news, number one. The second good thing was the 49ers defense in the second half, which was just unbelievable. <laughs> so the Chargers in the second half had three first downs. Well, for the, full, the, the whole game, they had 12 first downs. They were 6 of 16 on third down. And they had 238 yards on 56 plays, which is nuts. It's 4.3 yards per per play. In the first half, they had nine of those first downs. They were 5-11 on on third down. They ran 37 plays for 186 yards. In the second half, though, and you hear my cat in the background. He really wants to chime in. But in the second half, the Chargers had three first downs. They were one of five on third down. They ran 19 plays. And they gained 52 yards on those 19 plays. That's 2.7 yards a play, which is like beyond elite. Like that's that's unheard of. Over the last two games, Josh Dubow, the AP, friend of the pod, had this stat. The, the 49ers defense in the second half of their last two games. So week eight against the Rams and then, and then this week against Chargers. They allowed 58 yards in the second half to the Rams. No points. To the Chargers, 52 total yards allowed. Zero points. That's nuts. And that's good news. Like, if you're going to give up 16 points in a game and you give them up all in the first half, like, you're going to give... <laughs> it, it, it. It's what allows the 49ers to have a comeback victory, which is something that we haven't seen really a lot from them in the Shanahan era, especially, you know, when they trail going into the half and trail going into the fourth quarter. And this game is a lot different if the Chargers put seven on the board at any point in the second half. So stiffening up the way the Niners' defense did was huge and of those 238 yards they gave up 75 of them came on the chargers first drive first first drive of the game they go seven plays 75 yards and after that the niners pretty much turned the faucet off so really good performance for the defense save for you know a couple of a couple of tough plays uh on that first series the the other couple of good things on the offensive side and this is where things get a little bit strange. So Elijah Mitchell made his return, and he was really good. He had 18 carries to lead the way for the Niners. He had 89 yards, just a long of 12. And that tracks with how his night went. There wasn't, there were no explosive plays, 20 plus yards. But it felt like every time Elijah Mitchell touched the ball, it was six, seven, eight, nine yards. And that's one of the things I think that flew under the radar a little bit with Christian McCaffrey's arrival was what this would do for Elijah Mitchell, who's already a good player. But I think the fact that if if you if the Niners played this game without Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey had 14 carries for 38 yards. He was not super effective on the ground. He did score a touchdown. He had four catches for 39 yards. So not not you know a bad game, but not as effective as as I think the Niners are expecting him to be moving forward. But in a game where the Niners rush forty one times, I I think without McCaffrey, Mitchell's probably carrying it 27, 28 of those. Like that's an extra nine or ten carries on his body that, for a player who's been as banged up as he is, could could make a difference. So. Mitchell getting 18 carries was a little bit of a surprise, but I also think that's something that we might see moving forward just because he is a very, very good player. 
and I don't think that can get lost. Like the McCaffrey thing, I I we'll get to it. <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't want to harp on the McCaffrey thing just yet. So uh, I just really good night for Elijah Mitchell. Good to see him back on the field. And he was really effective, and it's not a huge surprise that he was really effective. I think he's going to continue to be that, um, especially as the Niners get a little more creative offensively. But again, we're going to put a pin in that. Brandon Ayuk had another good game. Now, it wasn't his best game. (laughs) And he had a fumble early on that led to three Chargers points. He dropped a touchdown. Um, I I saw a couple people online during the game trying to say that um, the throw was not a good one from Garoppolo, and I look, man. <laughs> when a when a quarterback is is every throw going to be perfect? No, and when a quarterback puts it on the receiver's body, even if it's a little bit behind him, receivers got to make a play. These are professional athletes. These are professional pass catchers. If everything has to be right in the pocket where it's an easy catch, then that <laughs> then they're they're not that good. Brandon Ayuk is an excellent player. He can make that catch, and he'll tell you that that he should have made the catch. And I think that's where a lot of people lean. Like I said, it was that it was a fringe that that were pointing out the throw, and I just wanted to point out that I thought the throw was fine. Ayuk just dropped it, and that happens. Like mistakes happen. The physical, the physical mistakes for sure. So, um, he made up for it though. Team high seven targets, a team high six catches. He had eighty four yards. He's now gone over eighty yards in those last four games. And he hasn't had that breakout, like, you know, 150-yard, two-touchdown game, but he's just consistently really good. And he's always open. He made a really nice catch on a, on a third down late in the game. Garoppolo uh, put it in a perfect spot, a contested catch, made a couple of nice leaping catches over the middle. He's just a really good player, and he's consistently been a really good player. Is he a number one? And you got to eliminate the fumbles. You got to eliminate the drops, especially in the red zone. Um, but beyond that, Ayuk, I thought, was was really good. And then Juwan Jennings, four catches, 40 yards. Three of his catches were third down conversions. Really hard-fought yards on some of those. He was excellent. And then Garoppolo, 19 of 28, 240 yards, no touchdowns. But the bigger deal to me was no interceptions. Three straight games and no picks. And we talk about it all the time with this offense. When the defense is playing as well as it is and as well as it has this year, the biggest deal for the Niners offense is just not turning it over. Because at some point, at some point you think, okay, they're gonna they're gonna put some points on the board and their defense is gonna get stops. You just can't give the other offense short fields, or you can't make the Niners defense play, you know, 25 plays in a quarter or something crazy like that. And so Garoppolo's done his part. He's not turning the ball over. And he's not throwing the ball into dangerous areas of the field. And was he perfect on Sunday? No. But the biggest, the single biggest thing with him is just not turning it over. And he's gone without a turnover in three consecutive games. And I think that's a big deal. Uh, Check that. Back-to-back games, not three consecutive. Because he turned it over against the Chiefs. Um, He did not have a pick against the Rams. And then he didn't have one against the Chargers. So that's back-to-back games. I should say that he doesn't have an interception. And that's, um, I mean, that's that's going to win the Niners. Just that by itself is going to get the 49ers some victories. Let's talk about some of the bad stuff. 
the Niners red zone offense, there's no excuse for them to go two for five in the red zone. And two for five in goal to go situations. You just can't have that. I am Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell. There's no reason that this version of the 49ers, I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care. I, I don't care what the offensive line looks like. You, you have to be better than two of five in goal to go situations with the players that they have on offense. I don't know if somebody's banged up. I don't know if the Chargers were doing something schematically that just bamboozled the 49ers. But you cannot, you cannot go two for five in the red zone. And the bigger deal is just the lack of creativity and the lack of imagination. I think when we looked at what this Niners offense could be, it was like, man, think of all the pre-snap motion. And they did some of that tonight, especially coming out in the second half. They ran the ball super effectively. I think they had 47 rushing yards on their first series out of the half after having 51 in the entire first half. Like, they they got a little bit creative, but in the red zone, it's just super unimaginative. And there was the drop by Ayuk, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But the the two for five in the red zone is bad. The, the decision to not go for it on the first series where Shanahan kicks the field goal on fourth and goal from the two, I would love to see, like... A coach as smart as Kyle Shanahan, and this is my this is my thing with Shanahan is I I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like he's not a genius he is he's very smart and he's a good play designer and for the most part a good play caller and that's where the frustration resides because it's not that he can't draw up a play that gets him two yards it's that he di- he do- he didn't or he doesn't like like you're telling me Kyle Shanahan in his play sheet, or on his play sheet, or in his game plan, doesn't have a play that he's like, yeah, this will get two yards. I don't care. I don't know what it, whether it's an end around to Debo or a, a quick throw to McCaffrey or a play action look that where where use check leaks out. I mean, something. That's where I think the frustration resides. Is it's not Shanahan looking at the fourth and goal from the two and saying and saying there's no plays for this. I don't think we can do this. It's Shanahan saying, I think the better option is to kick a field goal and to just take the points. And it almost bit him tonight. It didn't. And that's going to, you know, that's going to, that's going to quell the conversation a little bit, but this isn't new for Shanahan. The conservative way he coaches I think is part of the reason that you look at, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his record when trailing at half and trailing by, you know, six or more points in the fourth quarter, it's it's so bad. And I think part of the reason is because he's not super aggressive on fourth down. He doesn't get super aggressive in those goal to go situations. He does sometimes, but there doesn't seem to be any like rhyme or reason to it. There was a game in 2019 in Arizona. I think it was the Halloween night game. Where right before the right before the half, they had a fourth and goal and went for it and threw it to Emmanuel Sanders for a touchdown. They had that they had that uh, fourth and goal situation against the Packers last year at home, or was it two years ago? 
guess it was last year at home. Yeah, week three. Um, did the same situation, and they had Trey Lance come in on fourth down and, and run around the left side for a touchdown. Like sometimes he's all for it, but tonight it seems like a perfect spot. It's on the two. Your defense is good. Make him go 98 yards if they're going to score a touchdown and you give yourself an opportunity to tie the game. Instead, he goes for the field goal. And then there was the one late where uh, the Niners are up 19-16. The Chargers had turned the ball over on downs. And, um, and Shanahan kicks a field goal or elects to kick a field goal instead of trying to seal the game with a touchdown. And that one I get because it makes it 22 to 16. And now they've got to, you know, go the length of the field and they got to score a touchdown when they haven't even kicked a field goal in the second half. So like, I, I get that one a little bit, but I think it gets exacerbated when there was a spot earlier in the game where it made a lot of sense to go for it and he didn't. And there's been, I mean, there's there's a ton of instances. I'm not gonna go list them all, but there was that one. There was a one last year against the against the Jags where they had that long ass drive in Jacksonville and ends up kicking the field goal on on fourth and goal from the one. Like it just it's it's such a weird like blind spot in his coaching. And I don't know if it's strictly a feel thing or or if it's you know three points is better than no points. I don't. I'm I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure but it was definitely a, a, a frustrating thing especially tonight when the Niners offense had such a hard time getting going after that so again they pulled out the win so it's not as big of a deal but I do think that come playoff time uh, should the 49ers make it I do think that that's going to be something worth watching like that could win or lose you a playoff game is taking a field goal or, or going for six so that's something to watch moving forward. And 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 again, that it's just that creativity in the red zone. Like Christian McCaffrey wasn't featured a lot in the red zone, and that's I mean, where he's just so dangerous. George Kittle had one target, and it certainly wasn't in the red zone. Or I shouldn't say he had one target. He had two targets. He had one catch that 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 wasn't in the red zone. Um Jawan Jennings, I think, could be a really effective red zone player. No targets there. So I'm a little bit at a loss. Because I thought for sure it would look a lot different than it did. And maybe they looked at the Chargers beat up defensive line. And Shanahan went, the best course of action here is just to run it. Just to keep it as basic as possible. Go mano a mano. And our offensive line is going to move their defensive line. And it's 49er football. But the result was pretty uninspiring. And you look at what the Niners defense did tonight. And it's our on Sunday night. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's it. That that is a Super Bowl caliber defense. So we're really good. But then you watch this offense, and again, maybe it got just way overhyped because they because they ran rough shot over the Rams and McCaffrey had the huge day, and then there was a whole bye week to let that all kind of soak in. But it looked a lot like the offense did before they traded for McCaffrey. Where it was just kind of boring and it was stale, and they get the three and then they fall behind by ten. Uh, 13 to three, and then they score on a third down, the third and goal from the one. They had to go to a QB sneak because they couldn't punch it in on the previous two plays, and that makes it 13 10. And then they kick another field goal uh, on fourth and goal from the eight in the third quarter. It just kind of, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird, weird offensive game. They did enough. 
and they got to win. Like I said, that's that's really the most important thing. But moving forward, I was I was a little bit concerned going in that if the Niners didn't win handily, maybe not three touchdowns, but you know, win and and win comfortably where the game's just not really in doubt down the stretch. I kind of went in thinking, man, if they don't do that, it's going to be I'm going to have a hard time seeing how they're going to, you know, compete for for uh, for a Super Bowl. But I I think that's one of the encouraging things is yeah, they didn't they didn't play awesome against against LA. I keep wanting to say San Diego. <laughs> against the Chargers. But you can see where the fixes are. Like you can see what you can tangibly see. Like, man, they put 22 points up. They figured it out, even though they had an Ayuk fumble in there. Um they only had one catch for George Kittle. Debo Samuel only had two catches. Like, they didn't even get Samuel involved, really. They didn't get Kittle involved, really. Christian McCaffrey didn't have a great day. And they still found a way to put up 22 points and win. Like, that's 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 a good sign. Do they need to be more creative? Absolutely. There's a million ways they can be better. But I think there's it wasn't it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, they just don't their their players aren't good enough. That wasn't that not that that was really like a concern. But there was a world where you walked out of Sunday night, even had the Niners won and gone like, oof. But that wasn't that wasn't the case for for me necessarily. I thought they would play better, but I do can I I I'm still optimistic that they'll be better down the stretch. Um, the other the other thing that kind of jumps out, uh, just on the negative side, is just the distribution of touches. 18 for Elijah Mitchell. He was really effective again. 18 carries, 89 yards. He was almost five yards per carry. His long was 12. So. I mean, when you have a long of 12 and you're rushing for 89 yards on 18 carries, like that's that's pretty impressive. That means you're not doing a lot of going backwards. A lot of positive plays for him. But then it was 14 carries for McCaffrey, four for Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he had five. But I think three of those were QB sneaks and then a couple of kneel downs or maybe one kneel down and a couple of QB sneaks and a scramble. But... Ayuk, seven targets, six catches. Jennings, four targets, four catches. McCaffrey, six targets, four catches. Samuel, six targets, two catches. Kittle, two targets. Like they, I think there's, and and I do, I do want to, I do want to sh- stay away from, you know, oh, they needed to get Kittle involved tonight. Because while ideally, yeah, I also think there was something with the Chargers defensive line. Because the Chargers have not effectively stopped the run all year. And they didn't necessarily do a great job of it on on Sunday night, especially when Mitchell was in the game. And I think that's what led to the distribution of touches on Sunday night. The Chargers just couldn't stop Elijah Mitchell. Would George Kittle getting involved be ideal for like 100%? And does Debo Samuel need more than two catches for 24 yards to maximize the Niners' offense? Uh-huh. Yes. But... On the other hand, I think the Niners' game plan on Sunday night was they were going to run it 40 times. They ended up running it 41. But they were going to run it 40 times because eventually it was going to start working. And that's, for the most part, kind of <laughs> kind of what happened on the stretch is, is Elijah Mitchell just, like I said, he, he had a really great night. It was just hard to tackle. So... I think that's going to get better down the down the as we as we move into the second half. 
I'm not super concerned about the the target distribution or the touch distribution. I thought Garoppolo was fine. McCaffrey wasn't going to go for for three touchdowns every game. Um, but as as this week goes on and as this season goes on, I think the 49ers offense has to be more just has to be a little more diverse and a little more unpredictable and do some weird stuff with McCaffrey in motion and then Debo in motion or Debo in motion with McCaffrey and Mitchell in the backfield. Like do, do things that make defenses not, not respect what not respect the Niners playmakers, but, but have to account for all their playmakers on, on a given play. (coughs) Excuse me. It just feels like there was a lot of, it was a lot of, you know, straight handoff to Elijah Mitchell or straight handoff to Christian McCaffrey. And that kind of predictable stuff gets easy to stop. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem going forward. I think that was definitely charger specific, but it's worth keeping an eye on, especially going into a division game on Monday night football. Cause if that's a game where it's like, man, you're not going to pull out some of the stops, not all the stops, pull out some of the stops and and have the offense look a little bit different. It's like, oh, maybe that maybe that card is not in their in their in their deck this year. But ultimately, again, initial reaction, the big takeaway, the main takeaway is they got a W they needed. They came from behind. They looked much better in the second half than did than they did in the first half. And now they go into a game in Mexico on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals, with a chance to with a chance to go to six and four. And I mean, once this team gets into the postseason, that's that's they're dangerous. Good running team with a good defense that's going to travel in January. So getting to five and four is great. If you get to six and four next week with another division win, they're sitting in a really really good spot. But had to start Sunday night against Chargers. Wasn't pretty, but they figured it out. And I think that's kind of the motif with this team. They just kind of figure it out. And I'd rather figure it out with the players they have than not. And I think they will. I ultimately think it's going to be fine. Even if Sunday wasn't perfect. Even if there's, you know, I'm down with the analytics community. Here for it, love numbers, but analytics people hate Kyle Shanahan. And I'd like if you if you adhere to the idea that the numbers you should always follow those and 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 whatnot, then sure, you're probably not going to like the decisions. But they figured out a way to win, <laughs> and that that's not to. I feel like that comes across like absolving of like, see, he was right. Like, no, maybe the decisions weren't right, but. I'm not going to harp on that when they won. Decision-making has got to be better for sure, but they got a W needed a W and that's where it's at. Thanks everybody for listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I've been Kyle Madsen. I'll be back with Chris Biederman later this week of our normal week of pods and uh, take you up to Monday night football between the 49ers and Cardinals. So, Niners get out of Sunday night football, wow, back-to-back primetime games, 
Uh, Niners get out of Sunday Night Football with a win, 22-16 to over the Chargers. They are now 5-4 and four this season and uh, in a better spot after 10 weeks this year than they were uh, last year. That's for sure. So, improvement. That's the name of the game. <laughs> this has been Candlestick Chronicles. Subscribe, rate, review. And as always, we are sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Visit cooperagebrewing.com. If you're 21 and over, you can order beer online. And if you live in the state of California, they will ship it right to your front door. Super cool. And if you're in the Santa Rosa area and you want to go have some good craft beer and a place great vibes, hit the Cooperage Brewery. Cooperage, C-O-O-P-E-R-A-G-E. It's a great brewery. Good vibes. Always great food trucks there. Indoor seating, outdoor seating. Uh, just a really, really good spot. You should go. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.